0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of First and Beer. My name is Anthony Hazan, alongside my co-host and best friend, Dylan Callahan Crowley. We're back this week to give you another episode of football content. And this week, we're going to change it up a little bit. Normally, we're a college football podcast. We eat, sleep, and breathe college football. But last week was the NFL draft. So we are going to talk about that this week and talk about some of the college prospects that are moving on from the college ranks and heading on to the professional level to get paid. Now, Dylan, um, we're just going to dive right into this. So, first of all, what are you drinking right now?
1: Uh, Today I'm just going with a uh, nice uh, Not Your Father's Root beer. Uh, It's not uh, the manliest beer, but it's nice and refreshing, to say the least. So, just going with that for tonight.
0: Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. You don't need to go too crazy.
1: Yeah, uh, Foley, what are you drinking?
0: I am having a blue moon Belgian white, so nothing crazy either. How are you hanging in there, by the way, with the coronavirus?
1: Uh, I mean, just passing the time, playing uh, video games, doing some writing, and uh, just finished the last of my uh, college work, so in a week and two days, I'm going to officially be a, a college graduate, so that's done, and yeah. I'm just right looking forward to the next few uh weeks and months outside the coronavirus. It's a
0: big accomplishment, man. Welcome to the ranks of the alumni. It is uh it is not fun.
1: <laughs> now I'm I'm looking forward to it, I'm not looking forward to it. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm sure all our listeners though are going to get to hear all about it as time goes on. But enough about us. Let's dive right into this Anthony. So lot, we're about a week removed now from the NFL draft. So we have all our thoughts out. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive into the first 10 picks. We'll go through those in a bit of detail. And then I guess we'll just do the other picks in the first round. A little less detail, give our quick thoughts. Uh, before, And then go on to the other rounds. Uh, obviously not pick by pick uh, once we get out of the first. Uh, but let's start it off. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals this year had the number one overall pick. And their pick, I think, was a no-brainer. It's one that we've all been expecting I'd say probably since before the college football playoffs. And that's uh, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, one of 14 Tigers drafted in this year's draft, uh, going number one. So uh, what are your initial thoughts on Burrow with the Bengals?
0: Well, like you said, Dylan, this, this was the obvious pick if you're Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow has the potential to be a franchise quarterback that can turn the Bengals team around. The Bengals have obviously been really bad the last couple of years. They were a playoff team about five years ago, but obviously Andy Dalton is way past his prime and the team needed to get a new coach after firing Marvin Lewis. It's just been a whole rebuilding process. So Joe Burrow, we've we've all seen what he can do. Strong armed kid, incredibly accurate. You know, he throws a beautiful deep ball. Just watching him against Oklahoma last year and Clemson in the national championship game. Another thing about him is he's just never rattled in the pocket. And he's always poised. He's calm, cool, and collected, as we all have seen with the cigar video of him. Super. One of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, honestly. And his ability to improvise is off the charts. The amount of times I've seen him make something out of nothing is just incredible. So coming off quite possibly the best season in college football history, this this pick is a no-brainer to me.
1: Yeah, it it was uh, a no-brainer pick uh, by far. Uh, I mean, Chase Young, who went number two of Redskins, is a damn good player. Uh, Probably the most talented player in the draft uh, overall, but joe burrow showed that he could be a potential franchise quarterback a quarterback you build your team around for years to come i think you said it perfectly with all you said about him um uh did you have a did you want to give out draft grades on each of the first round picks
0: absolutely i was just gonna say i forgot to do that i give i uh, give the pick yeah, an i'm,
1: a, I'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a a a plus um i i mean I, it's hard not to give an a plus because it is a no-brainer um, but uh, a a plus in there. Uh, moving on, the Washington Redskins uh had the number two pick, and uh, as I just said before, Chase Young from Ohio State, the talented defensive end uh ended up in Washington. Um, uh, uh, I guess I'll go first on him. Uh, this again, like Burrow, uh, was a no-brainer for me. Um, he's an absolute game changer, uh, on the defensive line. Uh, like Burrow. Youngest somebody you could build a team around, especially defensively. Uh, Ron Rivera, uh, the new head coach of Washington, built his Carolina teams around defense. Uh, they obviously had Cam Newton, too, but those Panthers teams had really good defenses. Uh, the Redskins, I now believe, have four first round draft picks on their defensive line all in the last four years. Uh, so that that's a really talented defensive line, and they've just added a uh, possibly the most talented defensive lineman to come out in quite a a while i'm gonna give this pick uh an a plus uh but what are your thoughts on chase young
0: i also give the chase young pick an a plus and the biggest reason i give it an a plus and not just an a is because washington didn't fuck this up and by that i mean they didn't screw up and take a quarterback in this draft obviously there was talk that they might be looking at a guy like tua in this draft and um you know, they, they made the right decision by taking the can't-miss prospect who could be a 10-year all-pro type of player. He's a game-breaker off the edge, obviously playing for Ohio State. We, we know exactly what he can do as Penn State fans, and he's ruined multiple games for us. He racked up multiple sacks per game in college. He's super quick to the ball. He's incredibly strong, too. You look at him, he just looks like a tank. He's ridiculous. That's why they call him the Predator over in Columbus. He can go around or through an offensive lineman as needed. He has a plethora of moves he uses to get to the quarterback. So this is a a can't-miss prospect, in my opinion. The overall best player in the draft, but he falls to number two because Cincinnati needed a quarterback so badly.
1: A great way to sum uh, that up there. Uh, Moving on, uh, we get to Detroit Lions. who had the third overall pick, and uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, have quite the uh, recruiting... uh... Recruiting promo right here, you could say, uh, Joe Burrow, former Buckeye goes one. I know he had, mo- he had his most successful part of his career at LSU, but still a former Buckeye. Number two, Chase Young. And then number three to the Lions is uh, a cornerback, Jeff Okuda. Um, another, uh, very strong pick here in the first round. Another one that was kind of no brainer. Once the Lions traded away, uh, Darius Slade to the Eagles. Um, uh, I think that was last month, um, but Akuda is a guy uh, who's going to be a future number one corner if he develops, uh, as he should. He should uh, be able to step in right away this year uh, and be that corner for uh, the Lions. Uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, there was a lot of talk that the Lions might trade this pick back, maybe with a team that wanted a quarterback with the Dolphins or Chargers. But they decided at the end of the day to keep the pick, and they took the obvious choice for them. Like you said, they traded Darius Slay about a month ago to the Eagles, so they needed some serious help in the secondary. And lucky for them, Jeff Okuda has the potential to be you know, a cornerstone coverage quarterback for them. I looked up some stats on him while I was doing my research, and he has had not allowed a completion percentage of 50% or better in each of his past three seasons in college. And he has as many forced incompletions over the last two years as he does first downs allowed. So they might've been able to get more value out of this pick if they traded back, but for as big as a need as it was at corner, they didn't need to take that risk and risk losing him later on. So I like this pick for them. I give it an A.
1: Yeah, I give it an A as well. Uh, I don't think I gave a grade uh, when I quickly discussed it, but, uh, yeah, uh, in my notes I was doing actually through the uh, first round as it went on, um, For I, I summed up the first three picks all just saying all easy top three picks. Uh, There's, I don't think, any argument that any of these guys should have uh, went elsewhere than where they did. Um, but I think starting with number four is where we kind of began seeing uh, so, some differences than what uh, we mostly saw in mock drafts. Um, Going to number four to the Giants was, I actually didn't write it uh, down, but it was uh, tackle Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Uh, For me, my initial thoughts were uh, it was a bit of a reach by the Giants. Uh, I mean, he's a good offensive lineman, uh, but if they're going to take an offensive lineman uh, in the first round, I think they could have traded down here, uh, got some assets and still got him a little later. Yeah, I was originally
0: 10. surprised when I saw that this was their pick. You know, I'd seen drafts where Isaiah Simmons was the pick at number four. I thought he was more the obvious choice. And there was also a Tristan Wirth who so I'd seen coming off the board at number four to them as well. But after thinking about it, I thought that this was the right pick. And I started to like this pick a little more for the Giants. I give it a B B+. Uh, They needed to get uh, some offensive line help, first of all, to protect their quarterback Daniel Jones, who they took last year, and more importantly, give some help to their all-world running back Saquon Barkley, who we know and love so well here. Thomas performed at a top 10 level in both pass protection and as a run blocker while at Georgia. He has great size, uh, strength, and athleticism, and he did all of that at Georgia, which was an NFL pro type of scheme, so he should be able to very easily translate into the pro game from the scheme that he ran in college. So Isaiah Simmons might be the better player overall, in my opinion, but Thomas fills an immediate need and a more pressing need for the Giants, which was protect your damn future on offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, if in that aspect, it is a good pick by the Giants. I'm giving it a, about a B-plus because uh, it does help uh, protect your future quarterback there in Daniel Jones. Uh, I just, like I said, I think it probably could have been a bit traded down a bit uh, I definitely didn't have Andrew Thomas as my number uh, four overall pick. I don't think I even had him as uh, my top offensive lineman, Uh, but it is what it is. It's a good overall. It's a good pick overall. Uh, Just think the Giants could have waited. Uh, Moving on uh, to number five. Uh, Coming in the draft, I thought the number five, number six picks uh, were going to be the people they were. I just wasn't sure which team would go with what. Uh, But with that, uh, the Miami Dolphins... uh, at number five, went uh, with uh, Tua, Ty by Loga, out of Alabama, obviously. Uh, I think it's definitely a risky pick by the Dolphins, just considering his injury history. Uh, but I still think his ceiling is probably higher than that of Herbert's. Uh, I wonder if uh, with the Dolphins, if there's somewhat of a, that Drew Brees uh, decision still lingering in their head. Obviously, the Dolphins way back when, 2004-ish, uh, 2005, not sure when it was, uh, had the opportunity to sign Drew Brees, but didn't because of his injury history. And uh, they went with Dante Culpepper that year instead. Uh, not that Dante Culpepper was a bad quarterback, but Drew Brees went on to have a Hall of Fame career and is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, top 10 quarterback of all time. Everybody knows the rest. Um, but I think it's a good pick by the Dolphins. Sure, it's a bit of a risk considering the injury history, but... uh. Nothing tells me that he can't be a franchise quarterback uh, here in the future.
0: Yeah, the number five pick in the draft was for me where things started to get interesting. I give this pick an A. I love this pick for the Dolphins. Um, When both are healthy, uh, the no-brainer pick is obviously Tua. If Tua was fully healthy and didn't have an injury history, I think you could compare him to Joe Burrow in terms of who would be the number one pick, not the number five pick with Justin Herbert. But um, obviously, injury issues throughout his college career have made teams question if he was durable enough to last in the NFL. Um, Herbert is a solid quarterback prospect, don't get me wrong, but he's no Tua. I think you could find a Justin Herbert in almost any quarterback draft class, but uh, Tua is the type of guy that has the potential to change the direction of a franchise. He's extremely accurate. Most games I watch, he didn't have more than like five incompletions in the entire game on like 30 passes, and he had like four touchdowns. It was ridiculous. So he's accurate. He has great pocket presence. He can withstand pressure, incredible decision-making. He can extend plays. He has pretty much anything that you want in a franchise quarterback, let's be real, except for the injury history. So I think if you give him a redshirt year, similar to what the Chiefs did with Mahomes, and just focus on building around him for 2021, uh, the Dolphins will be in incredible shape moving forward.
1: Yeah, I definitely like too as a ceiling uh, in the NFL uh... Uh, as long as he can stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit for him, to say the least. Uh, and that moves us to the Chargers, number six, who, uh, as we uh, alluded to, did draft Justin Herbert, who I think is a good quarterback, but I worry about his uh consistency as well as his ability to make uh the deep throws more often. Because if you watch Oregon football, he a lot of his passes were of the shorter to medium range in the NFL. He's gonna have to. Tell a lot longer, especially with the receiving, uh, the receivers he has around him now in, uh, LA. Um, I don't know if I said San Diego originally, uh, but with the LA Chargers. Um, uh, but, uh, what are your thoughts, Anthony?
0: Yeah, they should, first of all, my thoughts are they should still be the San Diego Chargers, but that's, that's, a that's a different type of topic. But, The Chargers were always going to take whichever quarterback the Dolphins didn't take. After letting Phillip Rivers go, their longtime quarterback since 2004, um, they decided to move in a different direction and prepare for the future. And as much as Tyrod Taylor might be the starter for now, he is not that future. So clearly they liked Herbert, and uh, he is no consolation prize when compared to Tua. He's still a great quarterback. He's 6'5". He's got a strong arm. He's the type of prospect that looks good when you see him out on the field. However, for me, it's more the mental side of his game that needs some work. And sometimes his decision-making can be questionable, which as a franchise quarterback, that's not something that you want to have to deal with. But when he's on, he has the physical makeup to be a solid starter in the NFL. But there's a reason why he was the third quarterback. In my mind, he's no Tua or Joe Burrow.
1: Would you agree that... uh, Here's how I view it uh, as they enter their career. I think Herbert has maybe a little bit more of a higher floor just because he doesn't have the injury history. uh, Injury history? Like a, Yeah, injury history. How many times can I say it? I don't know. Um, but uh, would you say that he has the higher floor but Tua has the higher ceiling? Because that's how I view it. I think uh, if you told me in five, six years that Herbert was – an average to above average quarterback in NFL while Tua maybe never was able to find his spot, I wouldn't be sure. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. But if you also tell me that Tua was a perennial MVP candidate and Herbert was average to below average or above average, uh, I wouldn't be shocked either.
0: I think, yeah, I think Herbert has – the higher floor, but his ceiling is lower by like a mile. You know, Tua has the lower floor because if Tua can't stay healthy, then Tua is going to be a career backup and it won't matter. But if Tua can stay on the field, I think he could be a Hall of Famer one day. I think he could be that good. So I don't see Herbert as a Hall of Famer. I could see him being like a consistent starter, but I don't think he's ever going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL.
1: No, I think, I think, I mean, it's, it's not that bad of a ceiling considering that uh he this guy is a borderline hall of famer potentially. But uh I mean, if he could give them what Phillip Rivers gave them for however many years, then the Herbert pick is well worth it. Uh but I, I think we should move on. Uh I give the Herbert pick a B plus uh I mean a B plus, A minus a range. Uh, I mean it's it fills the need. Uh
0: Rivers also never won them a Super Bowl, That is true. as
1: well. That's true. But he also never, he, he very rarely had a great team around
0: him. Also true.
1: He did he a few years. Uh, but we are already making this really, really long. So we should probably speed this up since we're only through six picks. Uh, let's move on to number seven pick Carolina Panthers, who drafted all defensive players this draft. They went with the Auburn defensive tackle, uh, Derek Brown. Uh, I think this is a good pick. He's going to be very good for a long time. We've seen in the NFL that you can build around defensive tackles, especially really good ones. Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, Isaiah Simmons here made a lot of sense, too, uh, seeing that Luke Kuechly retired this offseason. But DT was a huge need, and uh, I don't blame the Panthers for going Derek Brown's way. I give this pick an A.
0: Taking Isaiah Simmons was probably very tempting for them, like you said, but they stuck to their game plan. They had a a plan to shore up that defensive line with their first uh, two picks of their draft, and uh, they took Derek Brown from Auburn. I like this pick. I give it an A-. minus. He's a run-stuffer in the middle, and he's a big dude at 6'5", 323 pounds. But he's not just big. He's strong as an ox. He's incredibly athletic as well. The Panthers struggled on defense last season, especially along the front line. And it's clear that Matt Rule, like you said, had a plan going into this draft, and that plan was to fix that defense. And if anybody can fix a team that needs to be fixed, it is Matt Rule, seeing what he did at Temple and Baylor. So I trust in Matt Rule's plan with whatever he's doing in Carolina
1: yeah and uh moving on it's number eight overall was um oh what was your grade for derek brown hey minus. um i i gave it an a uh cardinals at number eight uh as we just mentioned isaiah simmons was tempted for the panthers but uh the cardinals who i think uh could have went offensive of line here uh took isaiah simmons which isn't a bad choice uh he could be an edge rusher uh, if for the Cardinals, but he also could be uh, a safety linebacker prospect. I know uh, they've already said that they're probably planning on keeping him as mostly a linebacker, which I think is just kind of already lowering his ceiling, but uh, that's not my decision to make. Uh, I, think, I think it's a great pickup because I'm all in on Simmons. I think Simmons uh, could be – could give chase young an argument for the most talented defensive player in this draft. I'm that high on him. Uh, but not grabbing an offensive lineman to protect Kyler Murray is a huge risk, especially since Ky- Kyler Murray was great last year, concerning everything around him. And if you give him an offensive line, he's going to be even better. Uh, but I don't know if they're going for the Russell Wilson model out there where he just runs around and makes plays happen, but, um, uh, not getting an offensive lineman here. Um, it's definitely a risk for them. I give it a, a B I do plus. agree that
0: the Cardinals desperately needed an offensive lineman, and they had, you know, their chance to take a couple of really good ones at this pick. Guys like Mikhaye Becton, Tristan Wirfs, uh, I think there was one more I'm forgetting. Oh, Jedrick Willis, that's who. But um the Cardinals received a gift, in my opinion, with the eighth pick. Simmons was a guy that could have came off the board four picks earlier. and uh, he's he's a do-it-all linebacker and I think this was just a, a case where the Cardinals took the best guy available. And sometimes you just have to do that in the draft. He's a freak athlete. He's fast enough to get to the quarterback and drop back and coverage at the linebacker position, but he can play anywhere. He's a do it all type of guy. Like you said, he played safety in college. He have played corner a couple of times. Like he can line up really anywhere and he has the potential to be an all pro NFL linebacker in the future.
1: He he really does. And I, I love his potential, and I love how versatile he is. Uh, like I said, I if you I get, just like Herbert and Tua, if you tell me that Isaiah Simmons has the better NFL career a few years from now compared to Chase Young, I wouldn't be shocked at all.
0: Uh, I'd be a little, I'd be a little surprised. Not gonna lie, but I think they'll both have great. I,
1: I think they will too. I, uh, I'm just all in on Isaiah Simmons. Like I said, uh, moving on. Uh Jaguars at number nine. They pick up their cornerback of the future and CJ Henderson. They need to replace Jalen Ramsey after giving it red of him this last season. Um I had this one in my mock draft. I love it. Uh and I think guy is the limit for CJ Henderson. Uh so I'm gonna this an A plus.
0: I give it an A minus. Um it's crazy how fast things can change in the NFL, right? Just a couple of years ago, the Jaguars had one of the best secondaries in the NFL with uh, Jalen Ramsey, the all-pro corner, and A.J. Bouye, and they were a you know AFC championship team. So uh, today the Jags have neither of them, obviously, and they found themselves in need of secondary help going into the draft last week, and they wasted no time getting one in C.J. Henderson out of Florida. Henderson allowed a minimum, minimal 20 catches on 44 targets while making as many plays on the ball as the number of first downs allowed. He only allowed 16 first downs this year. And he's incredibly good in man coverage. That's that's his best skill on the field, and he's also incredibly athletic. That seems to be a trend amongst the top 10 picks. Um, he's amongst the best in the entire draft class and will give wide receivers trouble at the next
1: level. Hey, you've been saying it perfectly all, all day. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to let you... Uh... Continue to take uh, the lead on the analysis of these guys, uh, which is fine. Uh, going to number 10, we uh, finally saw another offensive lineman draft, and I think this is actually my top offensive lineman in the draft, and that's uh, Jedrick Willis to the Browns. Uh, Browns have to protect Mayfield, to say the least. Uh, Mayfield's looked good here in, early in his career, but uh, if he has protection, like I was saying with Murray, I think – There's a next level even for uh, Baker. Uh, So I think Willis has has a chance to be a lineman. You build your offensive lineman around the offensive line around for uh, a decade plus. Uh, So I love this pick for the Browns. I give it an A.
0: Yeah, I also give it an A- for them. Uh, Cleveland was another team who needed help on the offensive line. They already have a bunch of weapons with uh, O'Bell Beckham Jr. being the most notable, as well as uh, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and they also signed Austin Hooper at tight end. Um, now their, their biggest priority just needs to be to keep Baker Mayfield upright. Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously, like you said, had a great rookie season, looked the part of the number one overall pick. And now um, his second season, a little bit of a down year, the Browns kind of regressed. So uh, Will's should help keep him upright, but his biggest strength will undoubtedly be in the running game. So I think Nick Chubb will actually be the biggest benefactor of Will's on that left side, which I believe he will play left tackle for them. For someone who's 320 pounds, he's surprisingly agile. He moves really quick on his feet. I know that, I don't think they could have went wrong with any of the three remaining offensive linemen, but I like this pick for Cleveland with Wills.
1: Moving on, your J E T S Jets 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 at number eleven. Uh, like the Browns, they decide to protect their quarterback of the future. They could have went uh, for a receiver here, something they desperately need, but uh, they pick up Makai Becton out of Louisville. Uh, for me, uh, it's not a huge surprise. Uh, that they went offensive lineman. I was expecting they would go somewhere in like Jerry Judy. So in that aspect, it was a surprise. Uh, but protecting Darnold is uh, arguably even more important for the Jets. If um, he can stay healthy, uh, they'll be able to get pieces around him uh, for the long term uh, in the future. So, uh, But build your offensive line, worry about weapons later, is I guess what the Jets were going for here. Uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, obviously, I am a Jets fan, like you said, and personally, I really wanted them to take a wide receiver, and more specifically, I really wanted them to take Jerry Judy, because as you'll see later, I'm a huge fan of Jerry Judy and his game, but like you said, keeping Darnold upright and protecting him in the pocket was also a huge priority for the Jets and a big need, so I can't fault this pickup. I give it a B-plus, personally. Um, In case you didn't know, Makai Becton is a huge human being. He is almost 6'8", and around 370 pounds, so... He's massive, and um, despite all that size, he is also very, very agile surprise. I've said that about every offensive lineman so far, and surprise is very athletic for his size as well. I think Jerry Judy has the potential to be a star in the NFL, but like they say, games are won in the trenches, so the Jets can get that stud receiver next year because they'll probably suck next year too, and for now they continue to share up that offensive line to make sure that their hopeful franchise quarterback is protected and healthy.
1: Talking about surprises, we had a surprise. Uh, at number 12 uh before i get to that uh what was your grade for becton
0: i gave it a b plus you gotta start listening every time you ask really? that i've already uh, given the
1: grade. my bad uh i i don't think i gave myself uh the grade for that uh but I, i'm gonna go with a, a b plus as well but a surprise number 12 we got uh the first receiver off the board in the first round and that was uh Henny Rugs out of Alabama going to the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders. I'm um, surprised it was Rugs who went first, and not Judy or Lamb. Uh, but I think the dude's going to be a playmaker no matter where he lines up in the next level. He can be your deep third wide receiver. He could be your punt returner. He could be your kick returner. He could do whatever you need him to do. He's going to be a playmaker. Uh, so for that, I can't blame the Raiders for going there. That being said, I think. Uh, jerry judy and cd lamb were both safer picks uh at this point in the draft um but overall i think it's a it's a b plus uh pickup for the raiders
0: yeah i only give it a b because i say that because like you said jerry judy and cd lamb were both still on the board and i think they give you more as receivers than henry ruggs does but As is well-known amongst NFL fans, uh, the Raiders, since they came into existence, have loved speed at receiver and at every position on the field, and boy, did they get that with Henry Ruggs. Because if there's one thing that Henry Ruggs does well, it's that he can fly down the football field and he can just run right past everybody. He might not be the most skilled, but he's a threat to score every single time he touches the ball. So for the Raiders, it's a match made in heaven in terms of philosophy but there were definitely more talented all around receivers available. So I give it a B
1: Yeah, There's definitely more talented receivers uh, available and we'll see a, a run on receivers in a little bit. Uh, But first the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 13, they uh, traded up here actually uh, with uh, San Francisco trade up just one pick. Uh, And they picked up an offensive lineman, uh, not to protect their quarterback in the future, but protect their quarterback for the next two years. And uh Tom uh, Brady, uh, they pick up Tristan Wirfs out of A- Iowa. I give this pick an A, A, My, uh, A-, A plus. I should say uh, that I thought they were, may have been going for receiver here, but you gotta protect Brady uh, to say the least. Last year, the Tampa Bay offensive line was not uh, good whatsoever. So uh, rebuilding that offensive line is definitely important for them.
0: Yeah, I give this pick an A as well. Um, Name of the game for the Buccaneers right now is keep Tom Brady upright. You know, incredible signing for them in the offseason and a guy that you want to make sure that he stays healthy, especially at 43 years old. Uh, The Bucs knew this and uh, did what they had to do, trading up one pick to get Tristan Wirfs. Uh, He was the last of the high-level offensive linemen in this draft class, the last of the surefire first-rounders. I've called everybody else a freak athlete, but this kid might be an even bigger freak than the rest of them i saw a video of him jumping out of the pool standing up, which is absolutely incredible for a guy, his size. So I love this pick for the bucks and they already have a bunch of weapons on the outside with guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski now. So might as well share up that offensive line and make sure Tom Brady feels nice and safe as he makes passes to those weapons.
1: Yeah. I remember Tristan Wirfs uh, picking up a fumble against Penn state and, uh, taking it for a first down for like five, six, maybe even seven yards, maybe even more. Uh, Dude's a freak athlete. He's going to be around for a long time, going to make a lot of money. Uh, The team that Tampa Bay traded with San Francisco uh, moved down one pick with the trade. Uh, They pick up another really good defensive tackle, somebody uh, you can build a defense line around. That's Javon Kinlaw. Uh, San Francisco probably could have went receiver here. Uh, but, man, is that defense going to be scary now that they picked up another defense tackle? Obviously, they traded away deforced uh Bunkner uh this off season to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so Kinlaw is going to step in, uh possibly start right away for them. Uh, I like this pick a lot. I'm going to give it a um a uh a B plus.
0: I also give it a B plus. um the 49ers boasted one of the best defensive lines in the league last year. Um, after trading DeForest Buckner to avoid paying him a massive contract to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they got his replacement right away in Javon Kinlaw. He's a great interior pass rusher to compliment guys like Nick Bosa and Arik Armstead on the edge. Um, a receiver might have made a little more sense with this pick. I know they need a lot of help at receiver, especially with guys like Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb still on the board, but... Uh, the Niners have clearly shown that you can never have a good enough defensive line, and the defensive line last year is one of the big pieces that got them to the Super Bowl. So I like this pick for the 49ers. They continue to make sure that that line stays elite.
1: Uh, Moving on to number 15, the Denver Broncos. Uh, They they need a big receiver for uh, their quarterback of the future, Drew Locke. Uh, and they got one right here, to say the least. He it was my number one receiver in the – on the draft board. And that was uh, Jerry Judy of Alabama. Uh, Broncos have been really missing that number one receiver for quite a while now. Uh, and I think they found in Judy, I think Judy's going to be somebody you uh, uh, are going to be able to trust to be a number one wide receiver for a long time. They obviously picked up KJ and Hamler in round two as well. Um, so I love everything the Broncos did in this draft. I'm giving Judy about a, an a plus pick uh, here. Uh, for the Broncos, um, dude's going to be electric playmaker for the foreseeable future, I think. So as long as Drew Locke develops as he should, it's going to be a pretty fun offense out there in Denver.
0: Oh, yeah, this is an A pick for me as well. The theme of the draft for Denver, especially in the first couple of rounds, was give uh, your new quarterback, Drew Locke, some nice shiny new toys to play with. And he got the best one, in my opinion, with Jerry Judy. Like I mentioned before, I love this kid. I think he's an incredible, incredible receiver, and he did some really, really nice things at Alabama. He was fun to watch. He does everything incredibly well. My favorite thing about him is that I think he's an elite route runner. He he broke some dudes' ankles with his ability to cut off routes and he just he was just really fun to watch. Oh, and by the way, he still ran in the four fours at the combine as well, so he still got some nice speed to go along with that route running. So Denver, meet your next star at wide receiver.
1: Moving on, we got the Atlanta Falcons at number 16, they they went to shore up their secondary here, and they drafted cornerback A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Um, what I had on Terrell was uh, uh, the Falcons need to see improvement on defense, to say the least, especially in their secondary, uh, somewhere they got burned a ton over the last few years. And they're going to uh, have to now face the likes of Tom Brady and Drew Brees both twice a year. Uh, so sure enough, that secondary was supposed to be big. I think he could be a number one corner in time for the Falcons. He's gonna have to develop a little bit. Uh, but I I like this pick. I'm giving it a uh, B plus overall. Uh, what are your thoughts on Terrell to the Falcons?
0: Yeah, like you said, I mean quarterbacks in the NFC South are some of the best of the best. You know, guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater. So you got to have coverage cornerbacks that are able to hang with the receivers that are going to be on those teams. And A.J. Terrell is a long, fast man coverage cornerback who excels down the field. And like you said, he has the ability to be a top-tier starter. So I like this pick for the Falcons. I'll I'll give it an A-minus.
1: And at number 17, uh, the pick that I hate the absolute most, the Dallas Cowboys uh, took Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Um, as an Eagles fan, I am uh, disappointed. I thought Harry Roseman could have traded up anytime between, uh, I don't know, fourteen and sixteen for this pick. Uh, but whatever. Uh, that didn't happen. The Cowboys get another one, another number one wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm absolutely disgusted with this pick. I really don't want to talk about it. It's a uh, It's an A-plus pick for the Cowboys. Uh, Yeah, can we just move on?
0: Uh, No. Uh, The tears of a salty Eagles fan taste very sweet. But um, I'm not an Eagles fan, if you guys can't tell. But uh, I give this pick an A-plus. I'm not a Cowboys fan either, don't get me wrong. But don't ask me how Dallas got so lucky here. Um, This this is an incredibly lucky pick for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. I can only imagine how excited he was making this pick from his multi-million dollar yacht, which... Kind of looked like a spaceship on TV to me. But uh, he probably couldn't have called in this pick fast enough. Getting to pair CeeDee Lamb with Amari Cooper as your top two receivers, that offense just got a huge jolt of energy, and Dak Prescott should be a very happy man, even though he still hasn't gotten paid like a happy man yet. Uh, college defenses could barely even touch this guy after the catch. He's a joystick, and he just makes people miss, and he's also a really great route runner as well. Maybe not quite as good as Jerry Judy, but he's still one of the best in the, in this draft class. I love this pick for the Cowboys and uh yeah, good luck with that secondary uh Dylan trying to uh trying to keep up with these Cowboy receivers.
1: And uh yeah, I don't want to talk about the Cowboys uh beyond uh that they're gonna miss the playoffs because of the Cowboys. Uh, but uh at eighteen we got Austin Jackson going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we've said it many times before. It's all about protecting your future, protecting your franchise quarterback. Dolphins got their quarterback in Tua earlier in the evening. They now pick up their um, offensive lineman to protect him. And USC, uh, I think he's a tackle, Austin Jackson. Um, so yeah, you got your quarterback of the future. Now you got to protect him. Is uh, what I pretty much summed that up with. Uh, any quick thoughts on Jackson?
0: Yeah, so um, after drafting the new franchise quarterback, Miami needed to start working on laying the foundation after him to keep him upright, especially with his injury issues. Um, I don't think Jackson was a bad pick per se, but he was a little bit of a reach at 18. He's very raw in terms of his technical ability, and he's going to be a little bit of a project for Miami going into the future, so that kind of worries me for them. Realistically, I think his value is better suited for the second round, not the first round, but he has a great story that I know ESPN highlighted quite a bit. Especially, you know, about his little sister and her needing a bone marrow transplant and him being her bone marrow donor. So that was that was a really touching story. So he's a very high character kid, but hopefully for the Dolphins' sake, um, they can coach up the rest in terms of his technical ability. So I give it a B minus.
1: Yeah, I give it a a solid B, uh, B uh, selection. Here's a guy who, like you said, I think could have went later in the first round, maybe high second round, uh, but. That is, it is what it is. Uh, the biggest reach of the first round, possibly, though, was at number 19 with uh, Damon Arnett going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, for me, uh, this, is, this is a reach. Uh, he definitely shouldn't have been the top 20 guy, in my opinion, but the Raiders are going to Raider. Uh, the only other thing I got on this is that it just increases Ohio State's recruiting pitch when it comes to uh, making guys first-round picks. pretty good when you have two uh cornerbacks in the first round so uh i give it a c uh plus uh just because i think it's a reach
0: yeah i was also going to give it a c plus so like you said i i think this is also a huge reach for them i think this is a guy that should have probably went in the back end of the second round if not even the start of the third round but he's an ohio state corner so he probably got the benefit of the doubt because they do put out great corners into the nfl he's a very physical and aggressive player he often wins battles with his aggressiveness at the catch point and impress concepts, but he's not too great of an athlete and he doesn't have very long arms. So that's going to be to his detriment when trying to break up passes against some of those lengthy receivers. So overall, I think it's a C plus pick.
1: All right. Your, your, your mouth is probably getting a little tired from uh, talking a whole lot here. Uh, so how about, how about you take the lead here and then uh I'll, I'll give some more in-depth, not as much as you, but I'll give some more in-depth here on the uh, final 12, 13 Absolutely. picks. Absolutely. So game.
0: at pick number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars were on the clock with a pick from the Los Angeles Rams, and they took uh, Calavion Chason, the defensive lineman from LSU. I give this pick a B plus. I like this kid a lot. I think he was a solid uh, defensive lineman slash linebacker hybrid in college. I was a big piece of that national championship team. So, uh, Dylan, why don't you go in-depth more on this guy?
1: Yeah, I I really like this pick for uh, the uh, Jaguars here. They uh, they're obviously trying to trade away uh, Yannick Nagaku, uh, though it's um, I'm surprised he didn't get traded away during the draft. Uh, but Ch- Chasen's a game changer potentially on that defensive line for the Jaguars. Jaguars always love uh, building their defense. They did so early in the night by drafting C.J. Henderson, uh, so they improved their secondary. Then they improved their defensive line. That offense still needs a ton of work, so I think they could have went uh, multiple offensive positions here, but uh, I think is a great uh, pickup for them. Uh, he needs some work, but he's definitely a guy that uh, is a solid selection overall. I'll give that uh, about a B, a B-plus uh, range there. Uh, yeah, that's what I got on All right,
0: moving on to pick number 21, the Philadelphia Eagles were on the clock. Dylan's Philadelphia Eagles, I should add, and obviously – We know who he wanted them to take, and who they did take was Jalen Rager, wide receiver out of TCU. Uh, Personally, I was a little perplexed by this pick. I give it a B minus. Justin Jefferson was on the board who was a pick after him. I thought he was a better overall receiver, and I thought he was the guy that they should have taken. But Jalen Rager is very, very explosive, very, very fast, and that was a theme of the draft for the Eagles, was taking guys who are incredibly quick. So uh, Dylan, since this is your team, I'll let you take it. Floor's yours, kid.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a pick that, uh, that has grown on me in time. Uh, when it first happened, I, I was definitely in the C plus B minus grade range. Uh, I probably worked my way up to the BB plus here. Um, uh, I think Rager fits what the Eagles are going to obviously be trying to do. Offense is all about adding speed and even on defense, they, they only try to add speed this draft. Um, uh, but I, i really like this Rager pick, uh, for what it is, uh, if, if he develops as he, uh, they want him to, he's going to be the next Deshaun Jackson for the Eagles. Uh, Jackson's obviously, again, pretty old. He's in his 30s now, and he's somewhat injury-prone. So if they could get a guy to uh, replace Jackson if he does go down or not even replace him, but compliment him as well, uh, that would be perfect for the Eagles, what they need to do. Uh, Carson Wentz was an absolute wizard last year Again, the Eagles to the playoffs when he looked at what he had around him. Uh, so if you start giving him guys that could actually make plays consistently, uh, then uh, I think this, it's going to be a very scary offense in Philadelphia. The one concern I have for Rager is his hands. Uh, he did have quite the bit of drops last year uh, with TCU. Obviously, they also uh, didn't have the best quarterback play out of Max Dugan, uh, who got absolutely ripped all Thursday night after this pick. Uh, so I feel bad for Dugan. Uh, but uh, I think I think it's a good pick. I give it a a B. Uh, I'll go with the B. Um, I love I love the potential. Uh, I just think the safer pick was Justin Jefferson in the end, but I think oh, Raker may be the better overall fit for the Eagles.
0: I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit here just because we are running a little short on time. I want to talk about the one of the biggest head scratchers in the first round at uh, number twenty six overall the Green Bay Packers traded up from their original pick at number 30 with Miami to select a quarterback, uh, Jordan Love, a uh, quarterback out of Utah State. Um, I want to talk about this one too, but I'll let you go first, Dylan. Uh, what's what's your take on uh, the Jordan Love pick?
1: Packers are crazy if they think Aaron Rodgers is ever mentoring a quarterback to be his replacement in the future. That's what I think. Uh, I don't understand. Jordan Love was not a first-round draft pick. Uh, I mean, he was a first-round draft pick guy. He may have been. He was laid around, which he was, but I don't understand this. Like, Aaron Rodgers needs weapons, and you didn't get Aaron Rodgers one goddamn weapon the entire draft. What are they doing in Green Bay? What are they doing?
0: That was pure pettiness on their part. They were just being dicks on purpose. That's just. That's just what I think.
1: Like, I mean, he's gonna. I. I I get that you hit gold when you did this with Rodgers and Favre 15 years ago, but Aaron Rodgers was arguably a guy who could have won in the top five, top ten of that draft and fell in the laps of Green Bay. Not somebody that was going to be a bottom-of-the-first-round pick anyway. Love, Love's a good quarterback. He has a chance to be good, but the dude has a lot to work on. Yeah, he's going to be able to work behind Aaron Rodgers for another five years or so, but what a what a waste of a pick.
0: Yeah, I saw a tweet, and it was one of my favorite tweets of about that pick, and it said something to the effect of, Aaron Rodgers is a man who's known for his patience and understanding. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> the, so, uh, yeah.
1: The only interesting note I have on this is that Rodgers is apparently older now than Favre was when Rogers was drafted. So uh let that be what it is. Um yeah, but this pick makes me angry.
0: Yeah, I think this is a huge head scratcher. I give it a C plus. Um and the fact that they traded up to do it just makes it even more of a head scratcher. This makes you question how much longer Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback of the Packers because let's be honest, Jordan Love is not going to be there to sit for four years, which was the contract he signed, Aaron Rodgers, the extension that he signed. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers is out in two to three years. Um, Not once have they ever drafted him a skill position player in the first round since Aaron Rodgers has been the starter for the Packers. He's been the starter since like 2008. So that's, that's actually a disgusting fact to hear out loud, considering how elite Aaron Rodgers is. Imagine how good he could have been if you actually put him on a team that gave him the weapons needed to win. He might actually have more than one Super Bowl under his belt. Not to mention... Not to mention, he's the last. First of all, he's the last guy I'd ever want mentoring my rookie quarterback, who I want to replace him. As much as Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks, the most talented quarterbacks of all time, he's not. He's not known to be the nicest guy in the world. So I'll leave it at that.
1: Fully, fully, fully agree. Uh, I'm actually going to call an audible on your audible here, and I'm just going to quickly, if you don't mind, run through the rest of the picks. Just give them my quick thoughts. I'll get, you give your grade uh, quickly on each, and then we'll just move on uh from there does that sound good
0: yeah man take it away
1: all right so let's backtrack a little bit to the minnesota pick at number 22 they take Justin jefferson like we said lsu wide receiver uh i mean he may not be Stephon diggs but he's gonna be a really good receiver for a long time i think he had a pretty high ceiling here that's why one of the eagles to take him so bad uh i mean i should say i think he has a high floor that's why i think. I wanted the Eagles to take him so bad. Uh, he can play in the slot. He can play outside. He's gonna be versatile. I really, I really, really like the pick here for the Minnesota. I'm gonna give it an, uh, a B plus. Uh do you got a quick weight on the quick grade on that?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give it an A minus. I like the pick for Minnesota. I needed to replace Stephon Diggs. Good pick. All
1: right, number twenty. 3 we got the LA, the LA Chargers taking a linebacker Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. I think he has got he's got a chance to be a really really special linebacker. He needs to learn to slow down a bit. He does play really fast, misses a few tackles here and there, tries to make the flashy plays, but all in all he's going to be stud uh, linebacker. All pro potential. I give this an uh, an a, a pick.
0: Yeah, I think I don't have too many notes on Kenneth Murray, but I do know he was a really good linebacker for Oklahoma. I think it's another A pick. Yep.
1: Go to the Saints. Number 24, we got center Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. A little bit of surprise here uh, at 24, but uh, he's definitely an underrated offensive lineman in the draft. Uh, Saints uh, have had an up-and-down offensive line the last few years, so picking up a guy who could be the centerpiece of that offensive line uh, is huge for them. He's a very good center. Good, strong, safe pick. I give it a B plus.
0: Yeah, the theme of the draft has been, you know, Teens teams protecting their older quarterbacks and that theme sticks here, taking Cesar Ruiz. I like this pick for the saints. I'll I'll give it an a minus. You can never have too good of an offensive line.
1: We skip. We already went over the Packers at number 26, drafting quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah state. So let's move on to Seattle Seahawks at number 27. Surprisingly, they didn't trade down some they do almost every year or trade out, Uh, but they take linebacker Jordan Brooks out of uh, Texas tech. A little bit surprised here. Um, He's good. He's a good defense. Sorry, did I say. Uh, did I say linebacker. I think he's a defensive end. Either he's way, he's He's linebacker. Oh, I I, should, I was meaning to say, line defensive end is a bigger need for the Seahawks at this point in the draft. I thought Utah Gross Mantos was going to be the pick here. I was wrong. Uh, I'm surprised he went over the next guy I selected, but I still think it's a solid pick. I'm going to give it a B pick for the Seattle Seahawks.
0: I give it a B minus. This was a this was a pretty big reach in my opinion. I thought he had more of a second round value than a first round value, but uh, he's a really good linebacker on run defense. But I think there were better options available, so I give it a B minus.
1: At number twenty eight, uh, I think maybe my favorite pick of the first round. Baltimore Ravens, who have never had a bad draft in my lifetime, that is a fact, have selected uh, Patrick Queen, linebacker at LSU. Uh, it just feels like a Baltimore pick. He's going to be special. I think he's the safest linebacker in the draft. I think he's going to be special for a long time, All Pro potential. Uh, I give this an A plus pick, draft pick, grade.
0: Yeah, I think as usual the Ravens were one of the biggest winners in this draft. I really like this pick for them. I give it. I give it an A grade for the number twenty eight spot. I think that he's a great athlete and he can play really well in coverage and he's really good at getting sideline to sideline. He's he's just good at getting the ball so. I really like this pick. I give it an
1: A. At number 29, Tennessee Titans select the uh, offensive lineman Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. I think he's a really good prospect. Long-term, he has a good ceiling. He may need to uh, be worked on for a little bit there uh, for a while. Um, definitely not the perfect offensive lineman, but very nice pick overall. I'm giving it a solid B draft grade. Uh,
0: I got to ask, who's the better blocker overall, Isaiah Wilson or Isaiah Wilson's mom after that video of, <laughs> of her pulling his girlfriend uh-huh. off of him? When he was after his pick was I announced, mean, so
1: <laughs> I mean, it it may have to be his.
0: It may it may have. I to don't blame her though. Let the kid have his shine. The girl doesn't mean to be in that spot at that time. So I, I agree with the, I agree with the mother there. It's not like she jumped right in afterwards. It just she just wanted her kid to have his moment. But yeah, in terms of the pick itself, he's an absolute unit. He's six foot six, three hundred and fifty pounds. And he's a little bit of a he's a little bit of work. He might be more of a guard than a tackle at the next level, but it's it's not the worst pick in the world. I'll give it a B.
1: At number thirty, cornerback uh, going to the Miami Dolphins, their third pick of the evening in the first round. Uh, it was uh, Auburn quarterback cornerback Noah Igbinagi. I think I pronounced that right. Who, if I didn't, I'm sorry, Noah. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting draft pick to me, for me. DeAndre Swift is right there for the taking. He would have made a ton of sense for Miami. Um, it's a good value pick for them. I just think they could have won other places. With that, I'm giving it a B-plus or a B, B-plus grade.
0: I gave it a B-minus. It was a little bit of a reach in my opinion. He's more of a round two grade. Um, he's his ball. He needs some work on his ball skills, and he's still really learning to play the position of cornerback but that being said, this is still a good fit for him in Miami. He is pretty solid in press coverage and he's very athletic. So if you can, you know, coach up the rest, this could be a good value pick, but I agree. Deandre Swift would have made almost too much sense for Miami. And I think he should have been the pick here, but you know, I, this isn't a terrible pick for Miami if he pans out. So I'll give it a B. Nice.
1: Number 31, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they they took a TCU cornerback, uh, Jeff Gladney, uh, Vikings did get rid of Xavier Rhodes this past offseason, or this offseason, I should say. So uh, they they had a, a need, and they came up and uh, got Gladney. Uh, I think it's a really good fit into the Minnesota system. Uh, it's a very Minnesota-like pick, just like uh, Patrick Queen was a very Baltimore-like pick. Uh, it just feels like the right fit. It's a good value pick there, too, with Gladney. He could have went a little earlier in the first round. Uh, so I really like it. I'm getting even in a, uh, a draft grit. A draft grade of an a, damn I can't, yeah, speak. I'll
0: give it a... <laughs> you really can't, bro, but it's fine i'll I'll give it an a minus i I like this pick, I think it's a good value pick at the end of the first round. um, he has some size concerns and he had a recent surgery to repair a torn meniscus, so that was the reason why a lot of teams were a little hesitant on him, but um he's a guy that has high potential, he's got good ball skills, he's got good instincts as a corner, and you know I think those skills could translate to success in the n f l so I think this is a good pick
1: for them. And then finally, number 32, we finally see a running back taken off the board, but it's not DeAndre Swift. It's not J.K. Dobbins. It's not Jonathan Taylor. It is LSU's Clyde Edwards-Hillaire going to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs just get another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. That offense is unfair. Stop, Andy. Everybody else is already dead. Uh, So I thought DeAndre Swift was going to be the pick here. Uh, for the Chiefs, but uh, Edward Tiller makes a lot of sense, too. He's going to be the ultimate weapon there for the Chiefs. Uh, he could be possibly Alvin Kamara 2.0, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, an B B-plus to an A draft grid.
0: Yeah, I think this is a B-plus pick. I like this pick a lot for the Chiefs. He might not be the best running back available, but he's great for what the Chiefs needed, and what the Chiefs need is a pass-catching running back. And a guy who could support Patrick Mahomes out of the backfield because obviously Mahomes is that offense and everything's going to run through him, including the running back position. DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor are great running backs, but they don't exactly fit that pass-catching mold like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does. And I, the one thing I love about him, too, is that he's a bowling ball, too. He's like five foot seven. He's not a tall guy, but he's a big guy, and he'll, he's not afraid to run right into you, and he doesn't shy away from contact. So B-plus pick for me. I like it. And,
1: and with that, that's the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft broken down by Anthony Hazan and Dylan Campbell Crowley. But we're just getting started. We still have second, third, and third round picks to quickly discuss. Just going to take a few from each of those rounds. And uh, then we'll quickly discuss the fourth through seventh rounds. Uh, so shouldn't go on too much longer here in this episode Uh, But still got plenty of content with you. If you're still with us, thanks for listening so far. You've been a great listener. Uh, So let's move on to the second round. And for the second round, we're going to be doing uh, two draft picks we love, two draft picks we don't love. And then for the third round, it's going to be one draft pick we love, one draft pick we didn't love. And then uh, attend the podcast. uh, We're just going to quickly go over uh, the remaining quarterbacks that we uh, uh, wanted to discuss coming in today guys who at one point may have been first round picks, uh, but have now fallen. Um, but let's get to the second round, Anthony. Um, let, I'm going to start off with, uh, my two players that I love, and then you can do your two players that you love. Uh, so the first draft pick, uh, that I love, um, is JK Dobbins, uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I, I really like this pick. Uh, because the the Ravens uh they do have um who is it that, who who is their running back right now? Is it Mark Ingram? Yeah, it's Mark Ingram. Yeah, it's Mark Ingram. Uh, yeah, I mean Ingram's a great running back, but he is up in his years uh, as a running back at least. And Dobbins is a guy who I think could be just a phenomenal running back in the next level. I think he had an argument to be the number one running back in the draft, uh, to say at least. Dude hits the hole, the hole is hard. He can be elusive. He's not the fastest guy, but he can be um, He can be quick at times. Uh, I think adding him into that offense there is just a phenomenal pickup for the Ravens. Uh, it's like the Chiefs, are adding speed everywhere. Him in the same backfield with Lamar Jackson is going to be scary. Um, so I love that one. And then the other pick I love actually having a little early in the second round, and that was DeAndre Swift to the Lions. The Lions, of course, haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher in quite some time. And DeAndre Swift is definitely somebody who can uh, potentially do that for the Lions. Uh, explosive, to uh, say the least. He's agile. Ha- he's elusive. He can be a bit of an all-purpose back. Maybe not as much in the passing game as others, but he can still do so. Um and he hasn't really had many health issues in his career so far. Uh, so I think it's uh, another great pickup for the Lions. Gives Matthew Stafford another weapon, uh, something he doesn't have much of. Uh, but he's uh, he's going to be a nice asset to Matthew Stafford and the Detroit uh, offense. So who's uh, two first-round picks, I mean second-round picks, uh, that you love, Anthony?
0: So my first one was the number 36 overall pick in the second round. Uh, The New York Giants took Xavier McKinney, safety, out of Alabama. Um, Safety wasn't a pressing need for the Giants, but Xavier McKinney, in my opinion, was a steal at that pick for them. He's a guy that you had to take. Just the best overall player available at the time. I think he was a first-round talent. Uh, He's incredibly versatile. He's one of the most versatile safeties in the entire class. There were only five safeties in college last year to play over 450 snaps in the box, in the slot, and at free safety over the past two years, I lied. And only one of those produced a 70-plus grade at all three of those alignments, and that was McKinney. So he's incredibly versatile, and he's incredibly talented at in multiple positions on the field, and he performs at a high level at each of those positions. So I think this is a great pickup for the Giants, and he will help them tremendously in that defensive secondary. And my second guy was the 52nd overall pick in the draft. The LA Rams took Cam Akers out of Florida State. Cam Akers was a guy in college to me that called a raw deal. He signed with Florida State. He was a five-star recruit, incredibly talented kid, but he never had a good offensive line to run behind, and he was always asked to be the focal point of a struggling Florida State offense. The Rams obviously needed to replace Todd Gurley this year, so they drafted him to hopefully be his replacement. I really hope that the Rams can give him a good offensive line to support him, something that he hasn't had in a long time. If they can, I think Cam Akers has the potential to be a really good running back in the NFL, but... I still love this pick I
1: love I love the uh, McKinney pick as well, even as an Eagles fan. Uh, Cam Akers, not so much. I, I have my doubts about him, but um, perhaps you will be right. Uh, now, two picks I did not like in the second round. Uh, first one was um, Kyle Duger, uh safety out of Lenore Rhine, which is a D2 school, I believe, in North Carolina. Uh, I think Duger has a chance to be really good. This just felt like a reach. Uh, ESPN uh, overall draft rankings would agree with me. They had him as the 65th best player in the draft. He went at 37. Patriots usually don't make bad draft picks, but this just felt like a reach when it happened. Uh, he, I think he could still be something, just don't love the value there. And then my second pick that I did not like in the second round uh, was Chase Claypool at number 49 overall to the uh Pittsburgh Steelers uh Clay Notre Dame he he has really good uh potential but again just feels like a reach uh he he's bi- he is a big receiver so he could be a nice red zone threat for the Steelers I just have uh my doubts about him he does struggle some t- in some areas that he's going to have to improve on to be a quality NFL wide receiver and if he's not able to improve in those places he's not going to have a very successful career uh He does have upside, like I said, but there's still a lot to work on. Uh, Definitely not a a given that he's going to be something in the NFL. Uh, So what are some picks you didn't like, Anthony?
0: First one was the 57th overall pick, Um, the LA Rams. They took Van Jefferson, a wide receiver from Florida. Uh, What I don't like about him is that he is an older prospect. He's actually like 24 years old right now, or he's going to turn 24 before the season should start in fall. Lord knows if it actually will. He didn't have a very high ceiling in college. He had a lot. He played a lot in college for Florida, but he never put up more than than more than seven hundred receiving yards in a season, which is really really low production in terms of a second round pick at receiver. So I, I worry about his ceiling at the NFL game if it wasn't very high in the college game. And my second guy, who uh, we are going to talk about for a little bit here, is uh, Jalen Hurts. So uh, the Eagles took Jalen Hurts in the second round, which was a surprise on par with the Jordan Love pick. Maybe a little less so because Jalen Hurts is more versatile, but I don't think Philly was the best fit for him. I, I like Jalen Hurts as a talent. I think you put him in the right offense, and he has the potential to do really well. He's a winner, and sometimes you just you can't teach the ability to just be a winner, which is what Jalen Hurts has. But Philly also has Carson Wentz, who they just signed to a contract extension, and he is their franchise quarterback. So... We'll see what they have planned for Jalen Hurts, but if things go well with the Eagles, Hurts should never realistically play a down as a starting quarterback for the Eagles.
1: As a quarterback is the very, 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 very key word in that sentence. Uh, It's not a pick that I love the value. Uh, I definitely nod what they need in the second round for the Eagles as an Eagles fan, but I got to say, I'm very excited about the potential of Jalen Hurts in the Eagles' offense. The words being thrown around are super Taysom Hill or Taysom Hill bro on steroids. I mean, if he doesn't develop into a starting quarterback for the Eagles, that, that's okay. They don't need him to as long as Carson Wentz stays healthy. But, at the same time, there's no team in the league that knows better the value of having a very good backup quarterback. Yes, he still has to prove himself in the NFL. We don't know if he could even be a quarterback at the NFL level. But, this team has had backup quarterbacks play in the playoffs each of the last three years. This year is because of a cheap shot in the NFL playoffs. I'm not gonna get into it. But Jalen Hurts is gonna be a give you a backup option for up towards a five years for six million dollars. That's just great value. You're not gonna find that anywhere else. If he doesn't play down at quarterback, I'm 100 percent fine with that. That means Carson went stayed healthy. That being said, the skills that he has he can use at wide receiver and a running back, or as a wildcat quarterback, or in a two-quarterback system on the field. It may sound crazy, but I won't be shocked if we see that sometime with the Eagles. I love the potential. I love just what he could possibly do in this Eagles offense. I do not love where they got him in the draft. If they made this pick in the fourth round, this would have been an A-plus pick. I don't know if he would have been there but it would have been a plus it's probably a C plus to a B minus pick because of where they got him. But I love the potential of Jalen hurts. Love it.
0: Yeah. It's like the Philly special play. It's like, if it works, it's a genius pick. If, if the, if it doesn't work and you know, quote unquote falls, drops the pass in the end zone, it, it looks like one of the dumbest picks of all time. So thing that we know about um doug peterson is that he always has a plan so time will tell what uh will happen with the eagles and jalen hurts but um we're gonna move on to round three now so like dylan said we're going to do one pick that we like and one pick that we don't like so dylan i'll let you start what's the one pick in the third round that you like a lot
1: uh my one pick i like is uh zach bound bond not sure how to pronounce it a linebacker out of Wisconsin. He went 74 to the Saints. Uh, Bound was a guy who some thought may have gone in the first round, uh, but the Saints were able to get him all the way in round three. Uh, I think he has really nice potential linebacker. He has potential to be a pro ball caliber linebacker. Uh, Saints uh, have been improving their defense over the last few years, and he's uh, just another way to improve it, uh, add some youth into their defense, uh, especially a linebacker. I love the pick. Great value.
0: Yeah, uh, my guy was also a linebacker. I went with uh, another L.A. Rams pick, the uh, 84th pick. Uh, they took Terrell Lewis out of Alabama. I thought this was a good spot for him to go in the draft. I thought he could have went a little higher, to be honest. Um, he was a guy that was injured throughout college. He didn't play uh, a lot of the 2019 season, but when he did play, he was you know a great contributor on the field and a key part of that defense for Alabama. A linebacker for them last year was a sore spot, losing both him and Dylan Moses, and that definitely affected their season. And that he's a quality pass rusher, but um, I still think this is a great pick for them, so I do like this pick.
1: And uh, I guess we'll move on to the picks we don't like quickly. Uh, for me, it was uh, the Patriots' second pick of the third round, and that was uh, tight end Dalton Keene. This was just about a couple... Now I'm not sure exact amount of picks, but they actually took a linebacker early in the round uh, at number ninety-one. So it was about ten picks later, uh, and also also a tight end that was uh, Devin Asasi Asasi out of UCLA. Asia, I'm an idiot. Asi Asasi. Asasi. Uh, I'm never good with those names. Uh, but Dalton Keen, just I don't I don't understand this pick. You had a uh, Adam Troutman out of Dayton, one of the highest upside tight ends still left in the draft on the board. Uh, But you go with Dalton Keene, who's really not great at one thing, which is okay, but, uh, I mean, if you're driving him to be purely a blocker, this is questionable because he's not really a big play tight end receiving-wise, so I just don't understand this this pick whatsoever.
0: Yeah, my uh, one that I didn't like was also a linebacker. So I've had two linebackers in the third round so far. So uh, I was Pittsburgh's pick right after Dalton Keene. Uh, Alex Highsmith the linebacker out of Charlotte. There wasn't a pick per se that I necessarily hated in the third round. I should start with that, but just with this kid being out of Charlotte, you know, he didn't face a really high level of competition. Not that that is necessarily a deterrent, you know, like you said Adam Troutman was out of Dayton, but I just think with the Steelers, they have uh, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree there already, as well as Devin Bush. They have a lot of linebackers. I'm not necessarily sure that they needed another guy especially this high in the third round. You know, he's a little raw, and he needs a lot of work from a technical standpoint to become an NFL contributor, but he has some things to work with. So it's a decent pick, but I think that they could have went with some other positions and it would have been more of a value pick. Up
1: there, uh, looking at ESPN's overall rank uh, compared to his draft spot. Uh his overall rank was two sixty-five. The Steelers drafted him, like you said, at one oh two. That is quite quite the reach if you're going by overall rank. Uh so I I fully agree with uh your take on that. Um now let's move on uh to the quarterbacks who uh were and were not taken. Uh, so those uh the two quarterbacks we are gonna discuss who were taken. Obviously Jake Jacob Eason out of Washington and Jake from out uh, of Georgia. Uh, Eason went to the Colts in the fourth round. Uh, this is a pick that makes sense on paper. The Colts need a quarterback to develop under Phillip Rivers here for the next year or so. Eason definitely has the physical skill set to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, it's just the mental part of the game that I question. Uh, I think it's good value for day four. Uh, it's just about if it pans out. If it pans out, this is going to be a great pick for the Colts if not it's not that big of a waste being a fourth round pick what are your thoughts
0: yeah Jacob Eason you look at him he looks like the prototypical NFL pro style quarterback I mean he's a tall kid he's got a cannon for an arm you know he's got great zip on the ball but you know there's a lot of concern with his mental part of the game I mean first of all you know He doesn't do well under pressure in the pocket. You know, you get some pressure on him and he tends to break down a little bit or he, you know, tends to look down at the pass rush instead of down the field or he'll tend to force things to avoid getting hit. So he's more of a rhythm passer in that aspect. But also, you know, he had sometimes, he has a bad um, reputation of being a guy who isn't a super hard worker. I don't know if that's true or not, but there's a reason why he fell to a day three pick. But if he can pan out, He's a guy that has first round capabilities taken at day three. So
1: Uh the other guy, Jake Fromm, uh George obviously, he fell all the way to the fifth round. Uh and he went to the Buffalo Bills, where uh they, they currently obviously have Josh Allen as their quarterback. But I, I think Jake Fromm is somebody who can stay around in the league for quite some time. Obviously, a year ago, ESPN said Fromm could be the number one pick in this this past in the 2020 draft, obviously, that was far from true. Uh, I mean, the only real downside on the guy is his size at 6'2 and 2'19 and that he doesn't have an elite arm strength. Besides that, there's a lot to like about Jake Fromm, from my opinion. He's a smart quarterback. He's a smart decision maker. I, I think the offense he played in didn't help his draft stock, and I think obviously being small and with uh, not elite arm strength also, um, was to his disadvantage, but I think this is a great value pick. I wouldn't be shocked if he develops into a starter one day.
0: Yeah, this Fromm's a guy that has that prototypical game manager label on him, and I think the biggest knock on him is his arm strength, and that kind of showed at the NFL Combine this past year. He's not going to wow you with a strong arm like a guy like Jacob Eason might, but he's the type of guy that takes great care of the football, and he's a great decision maker, so he's kind of the opposite of Jacob Eason in a couple of ways. You know, this is an interesting pick, especially with Buffalo. I think it's a good value pick at the back end of the fifth round, and it's kind of cool to compare Josh Allen to uh, Jake Fromm. They're kind of polar opposites. Allen's the the big, strong-armed guy, can throw it 70 yards downfield, and yeah, dual threat, and Jake Fromm's the more the pocket passer. You know, quick slants and quick posts, you know, he's not going to wow you with his arm strength, but... He'll take care of the football for you. So at the end of the fifth round, this isn't a bad pick for the
1: Bills. I've been making this comparison for quite a few months now uh, since my uh, roommate is a Colts fan. We've been discussing quarterbacks for a while. My comparison for Jake Fromm long-term has always been Ryan Fitzpatrick. And more than ever, I am believing that he is a future Ryan Fitzpatrick. Which if he's in the, if he's in the NFL for 10, 15 years as a Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's had a successful career.
0: He's the type of guy that you wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way he ends up having a 10, 15 year career and then ends up being some sort of coach afterwards. He's got a great acumen for the yep, game. Yep, And
1: so. that brings us to uh, our last quarterback we're going to discuss. And as uh, the SB Nation side Mason Brew put it, Shea Patterson the only player from the NFL Combine still looking for a team. Um, so we could look at this two ways. Um, one, are you shocked that a week after the NFL draft or the start of the NFL draft, Shea Patterson still does not have a team?
0: I'm a little surprised only because a guy like Brian Lewerke does have a team, and I thought that Shea Patterson at least did, was a better player than Brian Lewerke was. So I'm a little surprised that he doesn't I mean, have a team.
1: At if you point. look at Patterson's career stats in Michigan – Five thousand six hundred sixty-one yards, forty-five touchdowns, and fifteen interceptions—a sixty-point-one completion percentage. That's not bad stats at all. Did he light it up in Michigan? By no means. But no quarterback under Jim Harbaugh and Michigan has lit it up. Their offense has been anemic at times. They have switched offensive coordinator how many times? Like this. This is a bigger indictment to me on Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan offense than it is on Shea Patterson. Do I think Shea Patterson's an NFL caliber quarterback? No. But do, do I think he deserves to be in a training camp or OTAs? Absolutely. The kid's not that bad. I think – I I actually I, – I do feel bad for Patterson. I think he deserves at least a shot here. Uh, you look at some guys who have get, been given opportunities, and uh, it, it certainly is uh, – it makes you wonder why teams haven't jumped on the opportunity.
0: It's crazy to think that Shea Patterson was a five star quarterback recruit and the number one guy in the class of twenty sixteen. And normally those guys are three and done top ten pick in the draft type players and here we are and Shea Patterson five years later doesn't even have a, a, a team like in the NFL, not even getting a training camp shot. It's just it's just mind blowing.
1: What? Exactly, and and you could test with this during his career in Michigan. I I was never a believer that Shea Patterson was going to be the chosen one from Michigan and deliver them to the promised land, whether it was that was just beating Ohio State or getting the Big Ten championship or whatever it was. I was never a believer in him like that. But I thought, yeah, sure, he was going to be a fifth, sixth, seventh round draft pick, maybe make the NFL for a year or so. Uh, but it is. It, it's baffling that he really doesn't have a team. Uh, what do you think this says about Michigan as a program?
0: I don't know. Um...
1: Like Michigan had its fair share of players selected, but very, very rarely does a quarterback from a program like Michigan who started there for two years put up good quality stats not get an NFL opportunity. Matt McGloin got an opportunity after one good season with Bill O'Brien.
0: Yeah, I think this isn't a good look for Michigan, and especially for Michigan quarterbacks. So we'll see going forward. Hopefully Patterson does you know, find a training camp, and at least he gets an opportunity to show what he can do. But yeah, especially for a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who was a quarterback in, in the NFL. He played quarterback in Michigan. He was brought in as a guy who was supposed to be more of like a quarterback whisperer. This is the guy that was Andrew Luck's coach in college at Stanford. And we all know what Andrew Luck turned out to be. If he would have played a couple extra years, he'd probably be a first ballot hall of famer. He might still be a hall of famer. Who knows? So he coached that guy. You would think he'd be able to come in and take a guy who was rated very similarly in Shea Patterson and make him a solid quarterback as well. So little shocking on Harbaugh's part.
1: Yeah, it's, it is certainly interesting to say the least, but, uh, I think with that, we're going to wrap up our NFL draft recap, uh, we definitely had our longest episode here. Uh, it's gonna push one hundred, one hundred. Sorry, one hour and twenty minutes. Uh, but I, I had a lot of fun. I think. Uh, we both had a lot of good thoughts here. Uh, you um were phenomenal in your recap of the first round. Me less uh so, but um I still had a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're still uh, listening at this point, I, I doubt uh,
0: you are. But if you are, uh, thank you for thought? listening. Even if you only listened for the first part, we appreciate. We appreciate uh, your listening, and uh, if you have any feedback for us, please uh, feel free to um, message us on Twitter or message us personally on Twitter. We'd be more than happy to hear your thoughts on what you think of our episodes, but thank you, and uh, stay safe.